Welcome everyone. I'm Boris Grinka, Senior Research Manager for Research and Strategy. Uh, today's clinic is e-commerce optimization, a holiday playbook for procrastinators. Our special guest today is Linda Bustos. She is the e-commerce analyst for Elastic Path. She's a good friend, an e-commerce expert, and also a Marketing Experiments Certified Optimization Professional. Also here with me is Adam Laff, one of our research research analysts, lead research analysts. And uh, by the way, you'll be notified by email when today's clinic is available online. And we encourage you to use the uh, Q&A feature of GoToWebinar. And we'll be asking you to participate throughout the clinic. So uh, last year, our e-commerce playbook had dozens of ideas, case studies, live optimization, examples. Uh, this year, we are streamlining the, uh, the process to really focus on short-term, high-impact tests and tactics that you can apply without much friction from your IT department, from your design department, or even the CEO. These are things that uh, don't require major budget approvals. Uh, they are really something you can plug immediately into your holiday plans. Also, this is maybe for some of you is not going to be this cutting-edge science that you might have come to expect from marketing experiments. We wanted to really help you uh, get something into your holiday playbook, as we, as we put it, uh, in a very straightforward way, high impact, something you can do today, this week, tomorrow. Uh, we are going to go over really a couple of, again, quick actionable ideas. We'll have real examples of pages from you. We'll have even uh, mock-up test um, treatments based on pages supplied by the audience. We'll use these to illustrate what we might test ourselves in our lab and how you can have these ideas again immediately today. Go over our playbook. So we have five items here. We're going to talk about uh, search engine uh, marketing, the SEO and PPC ideas. We're going to talk about comparison shopping engines, email, landing pages, and also just crunch time and uh, also post-holiday ideas. And uh, Linda, I'll let you get started. Thanks, Boris. So the first area that I'm going to talk about is search engine marketing, or what we call SEM. The first tip that I have is if you've been following marketing experiments for any amount of time, you're well-versed in the importance of value propositions. They are the key to success in any optimization effort. So one area that sometimes online retailers overlook is the SEO title tag and the meta descriptions where you can actually insert your value propositions and market yourself there because we know that a really high percentage of purchases originate in a search engine. So even if you're not the number one results in the search results pages as the customer is scanning through the top ten results or page two or page three, and scanning these title tags and descriptions, your value proposition or your shipping offer or your special sale or whatever else you can include there to market yourself can stand out. And if you are involved in pay-per-click, another area that is really quick to set up is a quick ad group that is focused on relevant holiday keywords. Now, you might have multiple ad groups if you are selecting different landing pages for each of these, but uh, here are some ideas to get you started. You can bid on holiday terms, and the most common ones are the Christmas and the variations of spelling Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and just the word holiday itself. You've also got gift terms, like gift, presents, ideas, ideas for, presents for. 
and then the relationship terms, which are the people in your life that you're shopping for, and then the sales terms. After Christmas, if you look at Google Trends, which actually takes a account and graphs out the top 100 or so keywords every single day, and you actually can go back into the archive and pick a certain day and see what was the most commonly searched terms. But we're seeing last year that December 26, 27, 28, and for about a week after, it was really hot, these keywords, the after Christmas sale, December 26 sale, and so on. And if you're in a market like Canada and some other countries where we call December 26 Boxing Day, you can also bid on that keyword as well. Now, for um, up in Canada here, Boxing Day is, is one of the biggest shopping days, and if you're not brave enough to go brave the chaos in the shopping malls, you can sit at home and watch Rocky reruns for the Boxing Day theme. So let's take a look here at a couple of examples of uh, paid search ads. And again, this is applying marketing experiments, conversion sequence. We're just going to focus on the specific um, items here in these ads. So here's an example. Actually, one of our other research managers here, Corey Trent, supplied. Um, this is an example of searching for Halloween costumes. Halloween is coming up. So here's an example of one ad. Uh, Halloween costumes, shop for fun Halloween costumes, huge selections and savings. Um, probably for a lot of you this is somewhat obvious. This is pretty spammy, your typical cliche statements, right? We have a huge selection and you can save a lot of money. This really doesn't tell you a lot. When we talk about clarity of the value proposition as part of the conversion sequence uh, heuristic, we want to make sure that we can provide uh, credible, preferably quantifiable reasons to, um, in this case, click on this ad. So let's take a look at um, kind of a rewrite of this ad. I'm sorry, uh, this is actually not a rewrite. This is an example of a better version of an ad that Corey also provided. So here you can see, again, this is the result for Halloween costumes, but it's very clear. 120% price match. It is a very credible, very strong statement. It's quantified. Free shipping is explicitly stated. It's not an, it's, again, it's a quantified statement, even though it's um, not a number, but it's free. Um, discount Halloween costumes continues, uh, the, uh, reinforces what it is that's being sold, although that's not a very strong statement. And again, the value is reinforced in the domain name itself. It's costumediscounters.com, as opposed to the first one, which is just um, Spirit of Halloween, which does not communicate value. And you might notice by looking at the, the first uh, ad that this is going to be the same type of ad that if you type in Halloween costumes, the first, the second, the third, the fourth ad are probably going to look very similar. So none of them are going to stand out. But as soon as you see the 120% price match, that's something that just pops out. You separate yourself from your competitors, and you're probably going to generate more clicks by, uh, by uh, including something quantifiable like that. And so let's take a look at some of the real examples that were submitted by our, by our audience. And so the first example is for toe socks for everyone. And, you know, as we see, you know, same thing, it's sort of cliche, and, and they say, you know, they've already said for everyone, why do you have to say men, women, and children sizes? Um, if you look at the alternate ad, instead of repeating what you already said in the headline, you really emphasize the value. You quantify $1 shipping, 100% price guarantee. And if you look at the headline, the thing that's, you know, the most powerful part of any kind of PPC ad, um, 
over 200 styles is going to immediately jump off the search page. Um, ad number two, beef jerky at jerky.com. You know, top rated. What does that exactly mean? Um, they did a good job of 30% off. You know, that's something and it's probably going to stand out, but 30% off of what? And then, you know, just looking at the domain name, there's a lot of leftover space there that they could have used with a backslash. And so if you look at the optimized ads, number one, the headline stands out. So 100% premium. Not only is it just some plain jerky that you can buy at any gas station, it's 100% premium. So it's going to stand out a little bit more. They clarify over 36 flavors. And then if you look at the domain name, instead of just saying jerky.com, um, we add something that just adds a little bit more relevance to the user by adding that domain name after the backslash. And then finally, the third submitted uh, PPC ad submitted by uh, the audience is for Colombian Emerald. And this is you know, sort of the same, the same thing that we see going on here. It's a lot of, um, a lot of you know, salesy type copy that's not going to jump off the page, not going to stand out. It's not going to be something that uh, increases a lot of desire from your from your searcher. Um, so how do we fix that? Number one, we uh, you know make the headline stand out. You know, adding that extra you know great gift. You know, especially for this holiday season. And and then we say it's handcrafted. You know, not only is it luxury, but it's handcrafted. And just to saying something like handcrafted uh, is probably something that's going to differentiate this ad from a lot of the other ads. And not only do we say free shipping here, but we clarify until free shipping is, is, is available. So not only do we offer the incentives, but we offer urgency for the person to get a click. So you can see in these ads, by the way, these were, um, the, uh, the optimized versions were prepared also by, by Corey Trent. Um, and these are just examples. These are not necessarily and all um, fixes for these ads. It's important that you understand that these are examples of what we would recommend that you test. Uh, there's probably for any of your products or any of your offers, there's multiple dimensions of the value proposition that you can express in different ads. We actually recommend paid search uh, text ads as a great way to test different expressions of your value proposition. So these are just examples of rewarding the particular value that we thought the company was attempting to communicate in the original versions. Uh, and uh, an important point I wanted to emphasize that Adam mentioned here, in some of these ads, make sure this is probably one of the more underutilized parts of paid search ads, is that uh, URL. You have room there, there's such a tight character limit in a PPC ad, you have an opportunity in your either subdomain or a, um, a folder within the domain to continue to express your value proposition. So you can see here, you know, freeshipping.columbianemerald.com is a great way to re-emphasize free shipping even in the domain name itself. And Linda, uh, we're going to move uh, forward to uh, shopping engines. All right. So we know that shoppers use search engines to hunt for gifts, and often their searches will direct them actually to uh, comparison shopping sites. So these are engines like Google Product Search, Shop.com, BizRate, Price Grabber, and so on. There's a number of them. And the shopping engine optimization is sort of a field of its own. It's sometimes called data feed optimization, but I like to call it the other, other SEO. It's very important for, um, for online retailers, but it has quite a bit of different 
tactics involve. So data feeds are the way that merchants provide their catalog information to these shopping sites. And the information that you include in your data feeds might vary between the engines. So some engines will allow you to actually add your free shipping offers or other value propositions in custom fields and extra fields. So it's important that your feeds are tailored to each engine and you're really taking advantage of the options that the engine is providing you. On the strategic side, you should also be planning to increase bids if you need to. Obviously, during the holiday season, your competitors might be getting a little bit more aggressive, and to be able to maintain the same positions that you normally enjoy throughout the year, you might have to boost up that minimum click bid. So you don't have to increase bids, and it's not to say that all of your competitors will, but depending on what other retailers are doing, um, you, you might even actually end up with a slight advantage if your competitors aren't turning them up. Now, whenever you turn something up, you also have to have that plan in place for when you're going to turn them back down so you're not bleeding money. So tie, tie your, your bids to that day when you have your shipping cut off, when you say we cannot ship any more orders that will arrive by December 24th or by December 21st or whenever that uh, ship, shipping cutoff date is. And also quality assurance is important. You always want to give your data feeds regular sanity checks, go through and, and find, make sure that your, your data and your entry is, you know, working well so that you don't have major holes in your program during the holidays. And finally, you do have the opportunity to pull non-holiday categories. For example, you might sell um, health and beauty products, but people don't necessarily buy vitamins to gift to each other. So instead of bidding on your vitamin category, you can put more into the perfume and the makeup gift sets and stuff like that. So pulling down personal items and promoting more heavily your gifting sets. So speaking of holes in your quality insurance, uh, you can see that uh, this first shopping engine example uh, that we pulled you know, off the Internet um, is an example of someone not keeping up to date on their, their shopping engine. Um, as you can see, uh, the, one of the most important things for somebody to identify with the product they're shopping for is the image, and this one doesn't have an image. And a couple of other quick points of this one, um, you know, is not doing well. Uh, there's not much of a description here. Um, you know, for somebody to buy a $120 pair of sunglasses, you got to tell me a little bit more about them. Uh, I'm not going to... Uh, click, invest my time to click and visit a completely separate store on a different URL unless you give me a little bit more information. And, you know, is there anything that differentiates this Ray-Ban sunglass um, store from somewhere else? Do they have free shipping? Do they have free returns? You know, they don't tell me anything. And you'll see from the, <clears throat> you'll see from the next ad that they do almost everything that I just said um, a lot better. They have an image, a better description. Um, they clearly emphasize free shipping both ways. Um, and this is even more important for holiday season as you know, you're giving this as a gift. So, you know, come December 26th, your, you know, your nephew doesn't like their sunglasses, and you're <clears throat> rest assured you can send this product back 
um, you know, with free shipping. And then finally, right before the button, right before they're ready to make a commitment, you know, even though the, the price of the sunglasses are more, they have that free shipping logo right there before the button. And so as I'm scanning down the page, I'm going to see one sunglass for 115 one for 129 and I'm going to immediately compare the fact that one has no free shipping and the other does and say, hey, the shipping on the other one might be $20. Um, and so I'll just go ahead, take my chances with the one with free shipping, the free shipping both ways, and uh, the one that I can actually see the pair of sunglasses on and go ahead and visit that store. It's so important, especially for um, lifestyle products like sunglasses and so on, where it's, it's, a, it's a fashion issue. You know that you might want to return it. You might want to exchange it once you get it in your hands. So this free shipping growth ways really stands out. And, of course, again, at a glance, you can see that a product without an image display, it just immediately uh, loses a lot of its credibility. Now, Linda, let's go to the email topic. All right, on to email. So uh, at holiday, that's a great time, but it's also a gruesome time for sending retail email. On the one hand, when you are deploying retail email throughout the year, you're kind of crossing your fingers and hoping that that recipient is in a shopping mindset at that very time. During the holidays, that's not really the issue. Everybody is thinking about buying something for someone. However, you're also competing for the attention of your emails against any other retailer that you're customer is subscribed to. So, like Dr. Flint McLaughlin says, the goal of your email is not to sell but to generate interest in visiting your site. And the same with the subject line. We're just focusing on subject lines here and then uh, marketing experiments team will, will talk a little bit more about creative. But to actually even get someone interested in viewing your email, that headline has to pop and has to stand out. And during the holiday times, as an online retailer, you're also competing against offline stores, and a lot of customers are just surfing the web to gather research and go purchase offline. So you really want to sell the value proposition of buying online itself. So these subject lines that I've picked out sort of speak to that pain point of, you know, Christmas shopping takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of gas, there's long lineups, sometimes there's sold out products and there's not a lot of selections at the local store. Some items that are really hot sellers are hard to find in the store and you also don't get a lot of support in store for actually finding the right gift for the right recipient where the web can offer all of these things. So these examples that I pulled out were, were real examples from last year. The first one you might be able to take a wild guess at, at who the retailer is, this is Hallmark, and they were saying, easy. All of these uh, boldings are, are my own emphasis to just really say this is the, what they're selling here. Easy to make holiday cards. We'll mail them for you. Wow, I'm interested in that. Holiday, <laughs> writing holiday cards is kind of a pain sometimes, so, so that gets my interest. And then the other subject lines are avoiding the rush, avoiding the crowd. One of the main reasons people don't convert online or they prefer to shop offline is that they don't want to pay shipping fees. So including the free shipping or no threshold for free shipping is also very important. And the second to last one here, the gift guide is here, best gifts even at better prices. I'm not crazy about the subject line itself. I think that best 
you know, can be a little bit presumptuous here, but this is Old Navy's headline from last year, and really it's the gift guide that you can't find in the store. Online you can build all sorts of tools, and maybe this is something that you put on for next year if you don't have one already. It does take some, some strategy and some design time, but having a gift guide, maybe an interactive gift finder or something like that is really one way that you can sell the, your uh, online store versus offline stores. All right, so let's take a look at a couple of examples of uh, email messages. And here's one um, that uh, one of our senior research managers has uh, submitted, Gabby Diaz. And I actually wanted to ask the audience to, to tell us what you think about this email. Here you have the subject line, eight new style secrets plus a $20 thank you. What, how would you analyze this email? If, if you were to test this, if you were to create a treatment to test against this control, what would you do? Let's take a couple of questions. Um, in the meantime, I guess if you have anything coming in right now. Let's see, we got subject disconnected with content. There aren't eight secrets in the email. This is great. Uh, larger call to action. Uh, it's too hard to figure out. Uh, it lacks a specific call to action again. Um, more people asking about where are the eight styles. They promised us eight new styles, eight new style secrets in the subject line. We open this message and there's no eight new style secrets. And again, we definitely agreed with that. The first thing you would expect from the subject line is to open this email and probably see eight bullet points with new style secrets, and that is the one thing you do not see. Um, we also notice here, as some, some of you have pointed out, the call to action is really weak. It does not look like a link. There's actually two calls to action here. One is get new style secrets, and the other one is shop now. Uh, but neither one of them is very strong. It really attracts your attention. The number one thing in this email is, of course, the graphic on the right side. And it's a very powerful uh, image. However, it does not communicate uh, what the subject line has promised us. It does communicate value to some degree. It, it is fashion-related, but it's not the promise that the subject line is me. And, and that's, a, that's a really good point for us. And uh, part of the most important part of value proposition um, is continuity, continuity between steps. So the subject line could provide one element of value, and then the email could provide another element of value. But unless those two sync and you have that relevance, you have that continuity, they're both going to be lost. Let's take a look at uh, another email that Gabby uh, provided us. So again, the subject line, the perfect fault letter, only 1950 plus free shipping. Uh, so let's take a look at this uh, email, how we uh, analyzed it. Number one, they do a great job of connecting the subject line to the body copy. They promised us a sweater from 1950 and free shipping. And the first thing you see on this page, besides obviously the very uh, powerful gra graphic of the model on the right, is 1950 is the first thing you see. Uh, the value proposition is restated very clearly. It's in the in the text on this uh, on this page. Again, this does have a little bit of a magazine feel, but because there's so little text, and even though the call to action is fairly small, it actually does stand out just because there's nothing else around it. Uh, although it, it could certainly be strengthened. Uh, and the call to action, the two calls to action, again, they're competing with each other. We do talk about competing calls to action. This ad probably, or rather, this email could have been improved by really focusing the user on just the one thing that we want them to do is shop now for this sweater that's $19.50. Uh, 
so there is a little bit of, of uh, competition between the call to, calls to action, but they are at least visible and they're clearly in the iPath. Okay, so uh, before we move on to a custom or a uh, audience member submitted example, uh, I wanted to just uh, answer a question that we got through our Q and A, and the question was, um, why does uh, why did we say don't put huge selection, more selection on PPC ads, uh, but why is it okay to have in a subject line? And I think there's one really key difference there, and the key difference is um, on your PPC ad, you have heavy, heavy competition all around that ad, above it, below it, to the side, and pretty much everybody probably saying huge selection, uh, more selection, uh, whereas with an email, you may have a couple competitors in the same email box, but you know, you know, most of the time you're probably going to be the only, uh, the only email there um, that is relevant to the visitor, and so you don't have to compete. So uh, more selection, huge selection has a lot more uh, value uh, when you're not competing and trying to differentiate yourself. That's a really good point. And then another issue that might be at play here is with pay-per-click, sometimes your ad is being shown for a very specific keyword where a huge selection might not be relevant or even desired. That's a, that's a great point. Actually, uh, let me answer another question here that came in from the audience. They asked to clarify what we mean a natural iPad. Now, there's been a good number of uh, studies on iPad, and um, there's a number of schools of thought. Obviously, you know this from even from the print days that upper left corner gets the most attention, and then reading usually goes from left to right, then down uh, to the left, and then over to the right at the, on the, along the bottom. So the natural iPad uh, will flow generally in that direction, however, because especially with the web, there's a lot more flexibility with graphics. You have some powerful graphics, like the one you see here. The first thing that will attract your attention is the one that just basically will um, attract your eye the most. So, of course, in this case, if you look at this page, the first thing that I will be drawn to is going to be the picture of the person, especially when the person is looking off of the page at you directly. Uh, and the second thing will be the largest um, text that's on this page as well. So, natural iPath. Overall, will flow from top to bottom. That's why we typically, when we talk about landing pages, and I don't want to deviate too far from our topic, we always talk about how we can organize our conversation with the customer in a, as straight a path as possible, vertically from the top down. Sure, and, and every page is going to have a different iPad. Uh, you know, it's whether or not you have a bright image on the right, a bright image on the left, headline here. Um, but, you know, there is a natural inclination to experience a page in one way. And if that nat natural inclination is already there, um, you know, it's, it's always best to try to take advantage of that. So moving on to an audience-submitted email. Uh, we see on this page that, that uh, you know, the current headline kind of gets lost in the header. You know, I, I, I immediately just skip over that headline and go straight to what's drawing the iPad, which are those main images in the middle. So I kind of lose what the whole email is about uh, because I skip over that headline. So the relationship, the conversation um, has already skipped a beat right there. Also, the same kind of idea, the, the free shipping that's located in the header, yeah, I'm going to immediately skip over the header altogether because of 
you know, banner blindness or, you know, just those images drawing me downward. And so I'm going to miss the free shipping. Um, you know, as we get into the middle of the, of the email, get into the main content, the main reason why you want somebody to click, uh, what we see here, there's four equally weighted objectives. So you're, you're causing a person to make not one decision to click, but two decisions. Number one, what do I click and do I want to click? So you're increasing the distance between point A, you know, interest, desire, to point B, the action you want someone to take. Um, and then overall, within each of the objectives, the, the font and the color is a little bit difficult to read. And then also, they, they don't really look clickable at all. Uh, so so how, do we, how do we optimize this email? Um, we're going to show you a, a quick mock-up. And, you know, this is something that, you know, you, you may want to you know, disregard, you know, the, the style and the layout and the feel and just kind of use some of the, the principles within this mock-up, you know, as transferable principles uh, to use on your own email. Um, so if you look at the very top of the email, uh, there's a key difference here. There is a index of the content of the email. And the main portions of the email um, are located in blue text links. Um, you know, what this is is a way to, um, to avoid the, uh, the pains of a viewing pain, you know, in your Outlook or your Hotmail or your Gmail. A lot of times images won't even show up or, or somebody will not open the email but just look at it through their viewing pane and skip right over. Um, so with that top section, it's a quick, easy way to attract somebody's attention um, before they even open the email just so that through their viewing pane. Also, as we, as we go down to the, the body of the email, we see that you know, the headline's perfectly clear right uh, near the main content of the email. You have three bullet points that really emphasize the value uh, of you know, what's on the next page. And I think the main difference of the entire email is and there's no guessing here. There, there's one place to click. The, the visitor doesn't get confused. Um, it's just one clear button, and uh, you, you sell them on the next page. You let them sort through the product on the next page. And for, for this email, for all intents and purposes, uh, just accomplishing that one main objective of getting the click uh, is your primary goal. Yeah. I think as Linda mentioned earlier, um, the goal of the email most of the time is going to be just to get that one click. So you don't want to put a lot of thinking in front of your customer just to get that click because you can do a much better job on your landing page of selling them. You have a lot more flexibility. You know, images may or may not play in an email. You're more restricted in an email viewer than you are in a web browser. So your goal in the email body is to really get that one click, just like the goal of the subject line is to get an open. And then on your landing page is when you do the heavy lifting of selling. Uh, let's move on to our next topic of uh, landing pages. Go ahead, Linda. All right. Well, so far we've looked at a number of ways to drive traffic to your site. And just as important as driving that traffic is having the optimized website to convert that traffic. So you're familiar with the marketing experiments conversion sequence, and there's one part of it which we call anxiety that's also sometimes referred to as FUD, fears, uncertainties, and doubts that the customer has when they are 
on your website and considering your offers. I don't have live examples to show you. I would love to have some, but we are kind of early in the season and, and not too many retailers are, are throwing all of their tricks in the bag onto their holiday designs and, and moving these things around. And the second reason is there's a lot of things in what I'm going to talk about here that retailers aren't really doing yet. So you do have an opportunity to get a leg up here. Number one is, this is common, is a clear link to a gift guide. But oftentimes I see there's product finders and guides that are buried in either left-hand navigation or buried underneath several layers of menu navigation. Maybe a little link that's somewhere down at the bottom of your page in the footer next to the email sign-up. So if you do have those assets, shine them, make them make them dance right on the product page and on every single landing page that's possible. So all of your product pages can have a link to a gift guide as well. On the product pages, you don't want to make it a competing call to action to the actual product add to cart itself, but to have it visible where you are exp um, expressing that you do have some kind of a tool like that. A second must have is a clear link to a store locator. If you go search around 99% of the websites that have store locators, they're very faint links that don't get extra prominence up in either the header or down in the footer. Now, that may be that the web team is, has a competing profit loss statement with the offline team, and they don't really want to emphasize that there's local stores, but you know, in, not, in most cases, that's not the case. And so when holiday comes rolling around, taking that store locator and putting it giving it a little bit more real estate love can help. It's actually a usability thing for customers to be able to find that quickly and be able to find where they can pick up in store if you have a ship to store or where they can view your products in store. Now, if you're really heavy duty and you, you really have an advanced um, programming on your site, you might even tie in a real-time inventory uh, look up within your local stores or use some kind of geo-targeting tools to notify a person um, of the location right up on the home page. You can, you can serve up different content to different people based on where they're located by their state or by their country. So that's another thing to think about. Of course, we're six weeks into uh, the holidays here, away from the holidays. So if you just have a store locator, the tip is to, to make it prominent. Same goes for the shipping cutoff dates. To have a link to an actual page that details the shipping cutoff. Another thing that I've seen that's done really well, Amazon is an example, is they'll actually do the cutoff. Order by XYZ time today and receive it by this time, or only three days left until you know free overnight shipping is, is over. Similarly, your shipping policies, your return policies, and the countries you ship to, if they're relevant, should be easy to find, easier than during the rest of the year. Customer service numbers should also be on every single page. Again, every page is a potential landing page, so having the customer service number all throughout the site and also in the checkout is important. And finally, promoting e-gift cards is a nice little tactic to do all throughout the year because it doesn't require shipping in most cases. I think unless it's a physical card, it might be a, a, a very, it should be offered for free. You should always ship gift cards for free. 
And people like to give and receive gift cards. It's kind of a no-brainer gift. It's, it's something that's a little bit more personal than cash, but it's a little bit less risky than actually choosing a gift for someone. And every year when they do customer polls, a high percentage express that they do love to get gift cards and they like to, to um, give them as well. They also have the benefit where usually people come back and spend a little bit over the dollar value of what it's worth. So it's nice to uh, have people introducing others to your brand or reinforcing that um, the brand preference of giving your gift card from your store. Thanks, Wendy. Yeah, I think a, a lot of what you just talked about uh, we could probably see on this audience example. Um, this is a page that you know, sells, you know, you know, bath and body products. And the particular page we're looking at is a um, sort of a, a gift basket page. And, you know, a good idea for any kind of holiday promotion is to, to give a gift basket rather than, you know, separate individual products. Uh, but, you know, we, we do see a lot of, you know, potential with this page. And for, you know, the theme of this clinic in terms of um, quick, you know, quick things you can do before the holidays. I don't think they're going to be able to do a gift guide, but there are a, a lot of different things that they can they can do on this page to, like you said, reduce that anxiety and hopefully um, get more purchases. Um, you know, looking at this page real briefly before we see the the optimized version. Um, you know, does anybody out there in the audience see how much shipping is? Um, it's it's actually on this page, but. It's really, really difficult to see. It's in that top right corner. I think it's the smallest font on the page. Um, and although it's not free shipping, it is $5 flat rate shipping, which um, although it does cost something, it, it does reduce the anxiety of not knowing how much shipping costs. So just you know, bringing that out more, emphasizing it more with you know, the, the, the elements that, that – uh, that control iPads, such as size, shape, color, uh, et cetera. Um, you know, also, we see that uh, the, the main image on the entire page, the, uh, the a bit of everything you know, image, is it's not clickable at all. And they're not promoting one individual product. Um, and so they're, they're wasting a lot of space um, in return for getting you know, very little. You really, if you're going to spend that much space, um, you know, promoting, you know, your products, you really want to uh, get some type of return within that space. And you know, as Linda said, uh, it's really important to add a, a phone number to contact. You know, people are going to want to know: uh, is this going to arrive before Christmas? What's the cutoff day? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And not, not only does the phone number um, allow them to call and to ask questions. But it gives it gives the uh, the company credibility. Hey, there is this uh, the store. There's this brick and mortar store somewhere out there uh, with somebody standing by to answer all of my questions. This is, uh, by the way, a great example. If you can go back for just one second, uh, Adam just pointed out that top banner really takes up a lot of space, but it doesn't lead to anything. This is where we uh, always talk about. You want to start a conversation with your customer. In this case. The conversation is started in this banner, but it doesn't really lead anywhere because you restart the conversation again with a body copy about this particular product. Um, so I just wanted to add that to Adam. Go ahead. Sure. So, so what can we do real quickly you know, without completely 
you know, radically changing the page. You know, some, and that's going to take a long, you know, development and design process that you're probably not going to get done before, you know, before Christmas comes around. Uh, so, you know, number one, the very top image of the page, instead of promoting uh, kind of a generality of, you know, general gift baskets with nowhere to click, you know, promote your best product. And, you know, the vanilla milk bath may not be your best product. It's just, you know, a product that I pulled out from, from the page. But, you know, promote your best-selling product up here. You know, tell me exactly what I get with the product and give me a clear button to, to click. Um, so, you know, this, this new section utilizes the space much more effectively. Also, um, one thing we see almost industry-wide um, in terms of, uh, the shopping cart area on an e-commerce page is <clears throat> if there are zero products in your cart, then why show you zero products? You know, as a customer, I know I have not added anything to my cart, so I don't really need you to tell me that. Instead, utilize that space more effectively. So until somebody actually adds a product to their cart, utilize that space that's going to draw the eye, it's going to draw the attention, utilize it to say, hey, we have flattery shipping, and if you do order, it's going to arrive in five business days, and utilize that space uh, to your advantage. Also, you know, you know, for somebody just searching around, around on the Internet, a brand-new customer, uh, they're going to want to trust you. They're going to want to gain your trust and know that you're a credible company. So add that phone number at the top. You know, add that secure shopping logo. And you know, even though there's no VeriSign or no HackerSafe and it's just a lock image, just stating that at the very top of the page really goes a long way in reducing worry, anxiety, and any kind of concern about somebody you know, stealing my credit card. And then also, how do you differentiate yourself from your competitors? Well, you know, include some of those third-party credibility indicators such as, you know, your, your Green America approved for you know planet. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you have uh, you know a seal that says you don't hurt animals, and then most importantly, you have a 100% money back guarantee. You know they actually do have a money back guarantee. Um, you know if you search around through you know, the About Us page or the Return Policy page, you know it, it's it's in that buried treasure. It, it's, it has the buried treasure effect where. You have really good offers, really good information, but it's very deep in the page. And so just placing that on the page um, in very good uh, position for the visitors to uh, see it, immediately know I can return the product, um, uh, goes a long way to increase conversion rate. Let me answer a quick question from the audience. Um, it's, uh, do you recommend creating landing pages designed to look like catalog pages from your site versus being specific to the offer? So uh, I'm just going to try to answer this quickly. The key thing to uh, creating your landing pages is relevance, just like with everything else. So if you know that people that are arriving on that landing page are being driven by, driven by your catalog, you probably want to have some continuity with your catalog. If you are, however, driving, let's say, traffic with a specific offer through your PPC ads, of course you want to make your landing page as specific to that particular offer as possible. So if you're driving to a particular product, for example, you don't want to land the person on your general catalog search page. You want to land them on that very particular product. And actually, if you go to marketingexperiments.com, you'll see in our journal, actually, there's a number of case studies that uh, you can read about 
about relevance. But let me move on to the next topic here. Linda, go ahead with the uh, crunch time and uh, last-minute plays. All right, that's kind of fitting as we're running into the last minutes of our webinar. Um, Post-shipping cutoff day is when you are going to transition into your next marketing strategy, and you don't have to abandon the holidays. You can start shifting towards the gift cards, which are the last-minute gifts, and picking up in-store if you offer that. And an, a really interesting service from upresents.com is you can have these little custom e-cards that will be sent from the gift giver to the gift recipient that says, sorry, the, the present was a little bit late, and it will arrive late, but you weren't forgotten. And finally, we've got some post-holiday New Year's transitions. So it's not too late to start thinking about this now either. What kind of products are you going to be featuring for the theme of New Year? So if you have products that can be used for New Year's parties or New Year's resolutions, those are great things to include in your email campaigns and in your pay-per-click search terms that you're bidding on and your homepage merchandising. Let's take a look at some uh, landing page examples here uh, with gift cards, actually. So uh, just went online and searched for uh, bookstore gift cards, and here are two examples, one from Barnes & Noble, and we're going to see another one from Borders. Uh, what we see here, and uh, for the sake of time, let's... Uh, I just jump straight to the uh, to the key points. This page here is is definitely a showcase page. It just shows you a lot of options, a lot of different uh, cards you can pick for, you can pick for um, for a present, a lot of different occasions. However, what it does not do is really help you make a choice, and it certainly doesn't sell anything at this point. The call, the only call to action that exists on this page, is to see more details. So it's kind of geared towards like someone who is casually browsing, probably geared toward, towards someone who is really a loyal Barnes & Noble customer, because right now I don't see a compelling reason to really buy anything in particular. I'm just offered a lot of variety, a lot of competing calls to action, but nothing really to do. What I don't see on this page is an add to cart button. If, uh, if I'm a busy holiday shopper and I'm going through a bunch of PPC ads, I'm just clicking on all the all the different offers, and when I land on this page, I really don't see what I can actually buy. So unless I really have a lot of time, which we really can't expect from our, uh, our website visitors to have, um, there's really nothing on this page compelling me to take an action. And let's take a look at the page from Borders. I think it does a much better job. And again, this, of course, these are all recommendations that you should test, especially for different channels. Some of your channels of your traffic might actually uh, like that kind of directory page that doesn't really... Uh, uh, put an offer in front of them. But we think that for a broader audience, this is a great example right here. Immediately, you can add to cart a $25 or a $50 card. It's a purchase you can make instantaneously, so your customers that are highly motivated can come in, make the purchase, and be done. Um, then you have two other choices, which again, even though there is some sense of competition, really, it, what it does allow is for customers to self-segment. Those who are ready to buy will click Add to Cart, those that want to customize the card will create their own or pick a stock design. What, by the way, both of these sites do, which is interesting, is that um, on the custom side of the uh, offer, when they do, they do let you pick a different design, neither one of them actually sells you the card first. And this is a 
great test for you to run. If you do have customization options for your product that don't change the price, make them purchase the item first and make customization a separate step after you already got their credit card information. And and all the all the fans of uh, Jimmy Ellis out there, I don't think he's I don't think he's on the line right now. But uh, I just want to point out this page really follows you know something Jimmy talks about all the time, um, just guiding your visitor to where they want to go. Uh, so Jimmy, you know, a lot of times he'll say you know just have your headline say three ways to shop at Borders. And this page, although it doesn't have that type of headline, the the design of the page has that type of strategy. Three ways to to buy your gift card. Uh, here we have another uh, quick question here, and uh, I wanted to see, if, Linda, maybe you would like to uh, weigh in on this. Um, the question was, what will have the most significant impact on the conservative, fearful shoppers in December of 2009? I hate to give the stock consultant answer, but it, it depends. It depends on what your product is, and it depends on what's involved in, in your the purchase itself. So uh, I don't know if the question answer could quickly fire off um, what type of product it is, and maybe I can give some more context around that. Otherwise, I can, you know, sort of make up an example. But certainly uh, we'll for – go ahead. No, go ahead, Linda. Yeah. Certainly for higher ticket items and, and things with a lot more consideration, the fears are going to be a lot different than something that is – you know, kind of a commodity or something that's available in more places. A lot of the anxiety has to do with shopping from you particularly versus another person. So that's where your, your value propositions are coming in. Shipping costs are, are always on the uh, customer survey list of why they don't want to shop online. Security is in, and payment options are other ones. So I can't really say which one will be the number one in every individual customer's mind on what their most anxiety fear, but those are the top three, and those all revolve around can I trust shopping with you. Thank you, Linda. Um, as we are wrapping up here, I definitely encourage some more questions from the audience. If we don't have a chance to an answer them live right now, we'll answer them. We'll try to answer them by email or on our blog or on uh, marketingexperience.com journal. Uh, also, you can follow us on uh, uh, Twitter as well as in LinkedIn, and you'll find those uh, links on our site. Uh, just to make sure that you're all aware, we have a, a new holiday uh, off, uh, or rather call for research partnerships. If you have a research proposal you'd like us to address, please send it to us, to partners at marketingexperiments.com. Uh, our optimization training courses are currently happening. There's a new one that's going to be in New York on December 10th. Uh, also, we definitely invite you to visit Linda's e-commerce blog. We follow it. We read it every day. And again, reminding you, we definitely value your feedback. Please uh, take a look at the survey that you'll see after you get out of the GoToWebinar um, screen. Uh, please let us know what you thought about this clinic, what we can do better, what other topics we can address. We're very interested to hear from you what you are interested in. And again, this clinic will be available online. Um, and we'll let you know via email. And uh, thanks, everyone, for being on this clinic. Uh, have a good afternoon.